From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Uh, to report earnings, it's just been a spectacular earnings season. I mean, we were thinking down 21%. It looks like we're going to be down six or seven. That's about as big of an upside surprise as you ever get. And this is only the third time we've had quarterly estimates rise in the past decade during earnings season. Almost never happens. It happened this time. You add in a vaccine and you got the formula for a, an earnings surge in 2021. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here. I think I'll get my name right. And as always, Jeff Bookbinder is on the line, but we do have a special guest. Bert White is going to join us to uh, discuss, obviously, everything that's going on. We, we have the election that's over now. We, we have potentially a divided Washington. Um, but now this morning we come in and we have vaccine news, which is kind of putting some turns of things upside down. So uh, let's just get into it. Bert, my daughter, Susanna, just had her 13th birthday. We had a big birthday party. You've had a couple girls. Uh, well, you, you do have a couple girls, I should say, that have all been 13 already. She's starting to get, I just use the word kind of mean. Is this normal? Is this normal when they turn 13, they hate you? Yeah, Ryan. Uh, you know, so I have four daughters and yes. I tell everybody that I have eight kids because girls count twice. Um, <laughs> and they just do, particularly starting about 12, 13. Mm -hmm. Here's the worst part. The worst part is you think that, um, you know, you saw a bump into some difficultness with your daughter and uh, it only gets exponentially worse. And then every year you're like, <laughs> can't get worse than this. And then the next year is worse. <laughs> And then you're like, oh, well, they're going to go to high school. That'll, that'll be better. And then they start driving and dating. And then that doesn't. And then they go to college. You think that'll be better. And it doesn't. So the reality uh, is, dude, uh, buckle up, big boy. Uh, having daughters and being a dad is, uh, it's tough, man. It is tough. Well, that's what I feel. I've heard that from people. And when she was 11, it wasn't that bad. But I'll tell you, she now that she's 13, as of Saturday, it's like, we, we, we got her a nice hotel with some friends and, and she went with my wife and they got their nails done. And then she came home yesterday and I would have thought she'd been happy. She was like mean to everybody. It was like, Oh my goodness. So anyway, so that is happy, happy birthday, Susanna. I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm pretty sure she doesn't. So I think we're okay there. Jeff, you've got a daughter. I mean, but she's a little younger. Is she things going okay in your household? Yeah. My 11 year old daughter actually listens to our podcast, by the way. She oh, thinks there you it's go. pretty hilarious that she can find them on YouTube. My wife doesn't know how to find our podcast on YouTube, but but my 11-year-old does. So I, I'm I'm entering those challenging years. Uh, I've, I've heard the warnings, so I, I am uh, buckled up. All right, well, that's good. So guys, let's just get into it. We've got a lot to discuss. We're going to talk, obviously, a lot about the election here in the beginning. We're also going to talk about the Pfizer vaccine news, which just came out a little bit before we started recording this podcast, which has global markets really, really soaring. Then kind of an economic slash Fed roundup to end things here. Um, I'll just kind of set the table, Bert, and I'll go to you in a second here. I mean, if all you look at is the chart, right, is the S&P 500 is a chip shop from all-time highs. As we speak right now, the Dow might make all-time highs S&P is pretty darn close as well. Um, you know, historically, we've said it. October of an election year tends to be a little bit bearish, a little pullback. And then November and December tend to be pretty strong. If you ignored everything going on, which, believe me, that is harder said than done. But sure enough, the, the playbook is somewhat playing out here. But, Bert, we are aware it's all about the election right now um, and everything that's happening. As the time we're recording this, Joe Biden is going to be the next president of the United States. We probably have a divided Congress. It looks like the Republicans will hold on to the Senate, according to a lot of the betting odds and experts that we follow. I mean, Bert, just high level. 
the last week has been so emotional for everyone in the United States. Kind of what um what are some of your big takeaways from the election and and how we got there and some of the results here? Well, you know, a, a couple things. Number one is. Um, you know, we had the most number of people vote um, ever. Uh, well, I mean, going back to, you know, 1900 or so. Right. Uh, so over 100 years, the most people voted ever. Uh, and yet, um, only 67% of people voted. I mean, one out of three people didn't vote uh, is just astounding to me. I just don't understand it. Um, it was, uh, Ryan, the, the, the polls, like we've been saying, um, that, that it was closer than what the polls mm-hmm. were, uh, were suggesting. I think we uh, were, were sort of uh, listening to some of the things that we were saying. And I think the last thing, Ryan, is just around the need for stability. I, I do think that the country, the market, uh, is just looking for elements of stability. And, and I actually feel like... Um, at least the market's perspective is it might have got a little Goldilocks in the fact that uh, you didn't have a blue wave um, that though it came in with um, what is likely to be, or at least what's being declared by the, by the media, uh, President-elect uh, Biden mm-hmm. is um, a Republican Senate. Um, and so maybe what you're going to get is not the whipsaw that, that the market was probably worried about, uh, but rather a, a bit of stability. And that is, um, that's actually pretty welcome, I think. Uh, at least that's what the market is saying. No, absolutely. I mean, the market is saying a lot of different things, lots of market signals. I mean, Jeff and I, for what feels like a while now, but at least the past month, we've consistently talked about how the stock market was strong, the economy was improving, um, wages were higher, the U.S. dollar at the at one point was weaker. I mean, the U.S. dollar has been volatile, but historically a little bit weaker dollar. All those things kind of suggested this election was going to be much, much closer than expected, and that's exactly uh, kind of how things played out. But Jeff, let's go with the assumption that we're going going to have a divided Congress here. Uh, we're going to have the runoffs on January 2nd in Georgia. Um, but again, just looking at the predicted odds this morning, there's two different elections in Georgia. Republicans have a 68% chance to win one of them, 66% chance to win the other. They just need one of them in all likelihood to maintain the uh, Senate. And again, as of this, as of we're speaking this, I believe the uh, Republicans picked up seven seats in the House. So again, that, nobody was expecting that for the most part, maybe somebody, but very few people were expecting that. So I think it's this divided Congress that we have here. Tell me a little bit, Jeff, about why that potentially can be a positive and who are some of the winners from a divided Congress that maybe we didn't expect this time a week ago. Yeah, this takes out the extremes, right? I mean, Bert mentioned stability. Uh, We're going to get status quo to some extent with a lot of these policies, right? The Trump tax cuts probably aren't going to be rolled back. So there's stability in uh, corporate earnings. We might get a reduction or elimination in tariffs because you know Joe Biden certainly has a different approach to um, uh, to foreign policy and, and trade policy. Uh, that certainly, uh, I think, is one of the reasons why stocks have done well here uh, over the past week as the uh, election became clearer. Uh, and then, um, you know, some of these really sensitive sectors like healthcare, like financials, like technology, right? We're not going to get disruptive policy. Uh, we're not going to get, you know, breakups, most likely, of the big tech firms. That's certainly something that uh, the market has been um, has been worried about. Uh, financial regulation certainly expected to be uh, a bit tougher under Democrats, but you know, fifty-one forty-nine or even fifty-fifty, that's just not the type of environment 
uh, where you're going to get this massive disruption uh, to uh, uh, financial services companies like the one that we work for. Uh, so, uh, and then lastly, in healthcare, you know, the, the big worry in healthcare and, and, and why the sector struggled leading into the election was that the blue wave could lead to uh, a public option to compete with uh, private health insurers. Well, we're almost certainly not going to get that now. And so you've seen healthcare really react uh, uh, positively to this uh, political scenario. Uh, good points. You mentioned the company we work for, Bert. We were just talking about before we came on. Ten years ago, right now was LPL's IPO. We're very limited how much we're allowed to talk about our stock publicly, but that's factual. We can say that. I saw this morning, Bert. You were on the screen at the Nasdaq clapping away. Is that true? I mean, you feel a little big-headed. You know, everybody just saw you in New York City. You were there this morning. I, I was on the on the screen. I saw you there too, big boy. So uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, your picture was bigger than mine, though. That's good. Yeah, I was well, up in the corner. but I will say, <laughs> two minutes of clapping is a long time. But I really was trying to think about getting the right clap. You know, like yeah. was it the golf clap? Was it the super excited clap? Was it the I'm at a rock concert clap? What I went for was proud parent watching a high schooler in a marching band play the tuba in a holiday parade as they go by clap was really what I was sort of going for kind of like that, which I, I was, uh, I was pleased with. Uh, for those of you, just to fill us in. So what Bert's saying is it, we had to record ourselves for two minutes standing against a white wall clapping. And let me tell you something, when you've got somebody else holding the camera and you clap for two minutes that gets awkward after about 10 seconds maybe and i actually did the fist bump i i clapped a little bit i did a couple and i watched the video they had like a five they clipped like a five second part of us and i actually did the little fist up in the claps i don't know i was extra excited but that was really cool for, uh, honor for lpl obviously to ring the bell on our 10th uh 10th ipo uh one thing bert, bert i'm going to go to you in a second maybe on potential losers from from the election results but i want to point out one other market signal here this you know we know the election. We know COVID. All these things happen. What's the market telling us? Well, we just had four consecutive days of 1% gains on the S&P 500. Guys, that's extremely, extremely rare. We wrote about this actually today on Monday. If you go to lplresearch.com, we have a blog that takes a look at this. And on our YouTube channel, we are sharing the results right now. But it's extremely rare to have that much of, I call it a blast of strength, four days in a row of a 1% gain. The only time this happened in recent history since World War II, 82, October 82, October 74, and June of 1970. Extremely strong results six months and 12 months later after all of those time frames. Now, our statisticians back in high school, I'm sorry, our math statistician teachers back in high school would have said, a sample size of three is so insignificant, you should throw it out. I don't totally disagree, but I still think it's one of those things that I would not want to ignore, that this much strength is extremely rare, but it's still been more of a positive sign. And our overall stance for a while, if you listen to our podcast, has been this bull market looks alive and well. We still think stocks outperform bonds, and then things are probably going higher. And I think there's little, put it this way, what happened in the last week, the reaction, the market signal around the election has done little uh, to anything to potentially change um our opinion uh, there. So, Bert, Jeff mentioned some of the winners on this election. Who potentially were some of the losers, you think, with kind of uh, maybe from an investments or economic point of view uh, going forward here? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know why I always have to take the losers. And Jeff always I know. I was thinking this is a tough one. This is a tough kinda, one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of crappy, uh, Ryan. But, you know, <laughs> before I, I'll, I'll answer it, but, but let me just say yeah. this. You, you know, I'm not so sure from a market's perspective, an apolitical market perspective, 
Um, if this wasn't to some degree Goldilocks, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you right. think about earnings being optimized. Um, I think the, the prevailing sentiment was that Trump will be better for earnings. Biden will be better for valuations because with valuations, it's about confidence. It's about stability. It's about predictability. And those are not words that you typically would associate with, you know, with, with the 45th president is things like predictability, right? That's part mm-hmm. of what his supporters rule up. Um, but clearly, um, you know, uh, earnings would be a little bit better. But now you begin to think about maybe earnings being optimized. You don't get the tax increases, but you do get the removal of some of the more restrictive uh, tax policies. And you get the valuation boost uh, that comes with more predictive stability that might come with a Biden uh, presidency. And so all that sort of leads to a macro environment that might be Goldilocks, at least from the perspective of an apolitical uh, you know, market. As far as losers go, uh, Ryan, um, the first thing, we've talked about this a lot, um, this winners and losers thing didn't pan out last time. Right. Um, I guess is it probably doesn't pan out this time. That said, I think it's anything at the extremes. Anything that, that you've got that set out a little bit at the extremes, think of this as uh, uh, maybe renewable energy. Um, you know, that might be something that might not have the same element of uh, upside surprise that you uh, would have had under a blue wave. Uh, you're not going to get that because that's a little bit more uh, requiring some extreme uh, policies. Um, I will say, you know, you mentioned the the, the COVID elements. Um, it's interesting to see how some of the behavior of some of the work from home uh, companies um, are really struggling today uh, with the, with uh, some of the the new news of vaccine. That doesn't have anything to do with the with the president. Uh, but what I will say, um, you know, it's interesting how the 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 Things can change in a hurry, and I'm not so sure the most important news that we've gotten in the last week uh, is not the election. It rather is the news about the vaccine. No, mm-hmm. uh, the, the tough to tough to disagree there. I think one, and it's hard to say loser. I mean, this is a strong way to put it, but one potential loser are people who purely invest domestically. What I mean by that is the U.S. Believe me, we still like the United States stock market. But with the way things just kind of shook out, Joe, some of Joe Biden's policies with potentially a weaker dollar, there could be some real opportunities globally. I mean, this morning, I don't know where it is right now, but this morning, the Paris CAC 40 or French CAC 40, so the French stock market was up like over 7% today. I mean, that's an unbelievable move. Now, we don't like Europe quite as much, but emerging markets still look good. China still looks good. So really, maybe as we head into 2021, more of a globally diversified portfolio could be one way uh, some investors should look for it. So a potential loser is someone who just invests purely in the United States. But again, we still like the United States stock market. So Jeff, let's talk about that curveball that came out a little bit before we did um, we did our podcast, which is a good curveball. Usually you hear curveball, I guess you think bad things. But uh, Pfizer and BioNTech, that's the German BioNTech, the German um, company, German drug company or biotech company, they came out with extremely positive results from their vaccine, showing a 90% efficacy rate. The FDA is looking for just 50, I'm saying just, but only a 50% rate. I mean, this 90%, 94 94 people, I believe, were in this trial, and 90% of them have positive results, way above what anybody expected. That's why like Burgess said, so many stocks are going higher, but specifically kind of the, the opening back up stocks or cruise lines and cruise ships and some of those, those areas versus stay at home. I mean, Jeff, what do you think? Is this the game changer we're waiting on? Are we going to be taking a cruise by January? I'm well, not, but are you? That might be a little <laughs> bit too soon for many yep. of you listening, but, uh, oh, this is just tremendous news. Uh, the, um, 
the, the path forward now is probably for um, emergency use authorization by the end of this month. The, the Pfizer CEO said he'd take it, um, which would be really cool. So, um, uh, I mean, that just opens the door to this reopening trade, right? And um, better economic growth, better earnings. You know, we've been talking about um, normalized earnings, like what, what, uh, what are corporate profits look like post-pandemic? That was theoretical. Now we can actually get closer to seeing that, right? It's not so theoretical uh, to talk about, you know, maybe not everybody getting on a cruise in January, but maybe right. mid to late summer, you start to see, uh, you know, a lot more people take this vaccine potentially and the other vaccines, which are moving quickly. Uh, and getting out there and traveling again. And so this is really good for travel, hospitality, leisure, entertainment, all those areas that have been so hard hit, small neighborhood businesses, uh, you name it. Um, th this, is, this is the news that we needed. It's, it's, it's a really um, exciting day. Well, Ryan, uh, absolutely. you know, if you add on top of that, sorry, not, not to jump in, but sure. You know, I think the the, the big thing to, to think through is, and I agree with Jeff, everything that Jeff said is, is um, how exciting this really is. But remember, you know, you think about inoculating some 80% of the U.S. population, that's about 200 and, I don't know, 60, 275 million Americans. You got to do it twice within a month. So now you're talking about five, you know, 550 million to 600 million uh, doses. You know, Annually, uh, the flu, uh, with the flu inoculations and so forth, we do about 150 million. So you're talking about four times that amount, right? So it's an extraordinary task, um, which is probably going to take a while to figure out a way to get um, higher. I know the administration has been working on how to distribute these um, at, a, at, a, at a fast pace, uh, but you're talking about 4x times the flu vaccination, which is just really huge. But like you said, uh, the results are pretty amazing. Um, you have immunity, uh, looks like 28 days after your first dose or one week after your second dose um, at an almost, you know, above 90% clip is uh, pretty darn good news and, and obviously worth, you know, quite a bit for the market today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, really unique situation. But guys, we've got maybe five or six minutes left here. So let's talk about the economy a little bit. What are the market signals from the economy? Just last Friday, we had the monthly jobs report came in well over 600,000, better than expected. We had some manufacturing data <clears throat> that came in way better than expected, near two-year highs. I mean, the services number we got a week ago, it came in a tad under expectations, but it was still at a level of 56, above 50 shows expansion. Bottom line here, and we, it feels like every week we do this, the economic data we continue to see here in the U.S., and it's not just the U.S., this is globally. Um, I think it was, I've got it here in front of me somewhere maybe. Um, here we go. Chinese exports hit a 19-month high just this morning, okay? I mean, this is a global phenomenon we're seeing where most of the economic data continues to come in better than expected. Then you consider the fact that this vaccine potentially helps us open up a little bit sooner than we thought we were going to just 24 hours ago. And those are some major positives. I mean, Jeff, turning it to you, what's you think been the most impressive part of this economic recovery that we continue to see? Yeah, well, you probably would have to look at the services sector, right? That's that's really, um, you know, where the pandemic hit hardest, uh, and that's certainly closely tied to consumer spending. So I, I've said this before on this podcast, the fact that retail sales 
uh, got back to all-time highs in about five months yeah. is remarkable, right? And now, you know, we've got this, you know, all the stimulus, it's, it's still flowing, right? Uh, even though we, we may get a smaller uh, phase five. You basically got a stronger bridge and you're going over sort of a shorter cavern, right? You know, um, the, uh, uh, I mean, if, if you think that this pandemic is basically over in a few months, and you're already it have such a solid foundation of consumer spending, which is you know about seventy percent of the economy. You're in a really good place. So I continue to be amazed at the strength of the consumer, and uh, now you're going to add a boost to confidence with this vaccine uh, uh, so close. Yeah, Bert, we're going to go to you in a second to talk about the Fed, and we'll probably kind of wrap up with that. But obviously, 2020 has been so rough. We've lost hundreds of thousands of people here in the U.S., and obviously significantly more globally. Uh, Alex Trebek passed away yesterday. I'm sure as most people at this point have seen, obviously everyone's a huge, uh, most people are huge Jeopardy fans. I am too. And I'm going to, and to honor Alex, I hope I do this right. I'm going to do a Jeopardy question. I'll ask the question. I'll answer it. No, I guess I'll give the answer first and I'll ask the question. The answer is 300,000. That's the answer. The question is, how many downloads has the LPL Marcus Signals podcast had? Guys, we just hit over 300,000 downloads this podcast since we released it over two years ago. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. It keeps coming back week after week. We're obviously are on YouTube now, really gaining some traction in the YouTube views as well. So if you guys keep listening and downloading it, hit that like button, give us a positive comment. We will keep on doing this. So we appreciate it. But obviously, thoughts go out to Alex Trebek, who doesn't love Jeopardy. It's a great uh, Great show. So, Bert, let's kind of finish things up here with the Fed. Fed last week, Jerome Powell was out there. Honestly, I don't think he said anything new. He still said, hey, fiscal policy, you know, or Congress gets racked together. We're here. We've got a few more bullets in the chamber. Um, kind of business as usual, but it's kind of a nice feeling, I guess, if that's the right way to put it, to know the Fed is still there. Um, what, what, any major takeaways for you, Bert, what, what uh, Powell said last week, or just kind of business as usual? Yeah. So, Ryan, two two things before I get to that. Number one is, yep. I don't know why I don't have a background like you guys do. It hurts my feelings a lot. And uh, I've just got some random window. Okay. Number two, when you said 300,000, the first thing that hit me was my cholesterol number. That's what I thought the answer was. But um, I'm, I'm happy to say it's not that. Um, you know, when you think about the Fed, I don't think it was anything other than business as usual. I think that they continue to be a backstop. They continue to be extremely accommodative and they can continue to be aggressive and patient at the same time. And I think that is what is going to be really important. I think what's been most impressive about the Fed is it's moved fast. It's been decisive and it's granted confidence and it's been predictable. Um, which is what we've needed. Um, you know, I've been saying for a while that stability has been our biggest problem. Confidence has been our biggest problem. Um, you know, we got a long way to go here. I mean, there's still 21 million Americans that are receiving some sort of unemployment benefit. 21 million Americans are still doing that. And while the job numbers continue to be, you know, good, the pace is slowing. Um, it, you know, the number of jobs this month was slower than the jobs created the month before. And at some point, those numbers are going to come lower, and they have to. Um, but, you know, we're at a tougher period now. And I think the Fed is basically... Um, um, really bolted themselves in to say, we're going to be here as a backstop. Uh, we're going to do everything we possibly can. Um, and you're not going to hear anything crazy from us. Um, and uh, I think he's continuing to appeal to fiscal policy to do its thing. Um, and I will tell you that if there's one thing that we got out of this uh, election, um, is likely the size of the fiscal help is going to be 
not what uh, maybe the market wanted. And so um, I'm not so sure if we'd be where we are right now. Um, if it, you know, obviously, if it wasn't for the for the vaccine news, um, I, I do think that if the fiscal policy wasn't going to come through in this lame duck session, I do think the market would have had a bit of a headwind. Um, but I think this vaccine news gives a, a jolt of confidence and, frankly, a little bit of help that uh, maybe a divided Congress that, that gets bailed out from not being able to get its act together. Uh, good points there. Jeff, I'm going to go to you in a second, just kind of anything you're watching this week for investors to pay attention to. But, Bert, I'm going to give you kind of one final chance. Any, any final comments for our listeners this week before I go to Jeff to kind of sign things off here? No. I, I mean, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's interesting. I will say um, – you know, this is going to be a really interesting and, and somewhat volatile couple of weeks and months um, as you begin to look at the transfer of power. Does it happen? Does it not? Uh, what does that look like? What is the uh, what does the legal contest happen? Um, there's still a large number of Americans that can't say the word president elect, which I get. I understand um, that that's not called by media. That is uh, done in a different manner. And so um, the Electoral College and all that stuff is going to be really interesting. I do think there's some dates between now and through December where you've got the Electoral College and a bunch of other things and Congress ultimately ratifies those things are going to be more important than normal this time. And so those will be volatile days uh, to come. Um, and so I don't think that we're out of the woods from a bit of volatility here. Uh, good points. And, you know, in terms of this week, Jeff, you and I do a call with our more than 17,000 advisors every single morning. And I asked you what's going on this week. And it almost sounds like there's not a lot going on this week, which honestly, with all the stuff that's been swirling around, at least what we know is scheduled to go on this week, I should say, a little break would be good. But Jeff, from an investor's point of view, what has your, besides the obvious, the election and the, the ramifications, what's scheduled this week that's got your attention? Yeah, well, the inflation data later in the week will get a little bit of attention. Um, we have had this move higher in yields lately, partly related to vaccine news. Uh, the election certainly didn't help push yields higher. Yields were looking for uh, a blue wave. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The I think that the you know beyond um, you know the election and the vaccine news, I think you know the the tail end of earnings season will be interesting because we get a lot of retailers, right? And and that is certainly an area that's been very hard hit. Brick and mortar retail, uh, I'm referring to. So it'll be interesting to see what we hear from them. We only have about 50 S and P 500 companies left uh, to report earnings. It's just been a spectacular earnings season. Um, you know the upside. I mean, we were thinking down 21% for Q3 when earnings season began. It looks like we're going to be down six or seven. That, that's about as big of an upside surprise as you ever get. And this is only the third time we've had quarterly estimates rise in the past decade during earnings season. So the quarter, I'm talking about the, the next quarter's estimates, Q4, rose during earnings season. Almost never happens. It happened this time. So estimates rising, which is a really good sign for uh, for future profits. And, uh, you know, you add in a vaccine and you got the formula for a, an earnings surge in 2021. All right. Great stuff there, Jeff. Thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Bert for joining this week on the LPL Market Signals podcast. Thank you to everyone out there who continues to listen to this podcast and watch it on YouTube. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, good luck to all those people out there looking at myself, I guess, that have a brand new 13 year old daughter and all those roller coasters that come with that. Um, with that, everybody, thanks again for being here. We'll be back next week with the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial. 
is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through Elkdale Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.